This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 234. Well, today is Sunday, March 20th, 2022. And as usual, I'm covering the latest weekly news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. First up, Canon applies to patent drone gimbal. It was about five years ago that Canon's first camera drone efforts came to light with the PD6E2000-AW-CJ1. The less than $20,000 drone appeared to be targeted to the security market rather than professional, never mind consumer, photographers. And then the product, really a drone made by ProDrone, one of Canon's side investments, quietly disappeared. Now we see a patent application that Canon continues work on the underlying systems, technologies, this one involving a gimbal for a small camera on a quadcopter that allows for two-axis freedom of movement while maintaining electronic connections. This invention is scaled to serve a consumer-level camera, such as those small sensor cameras already used on most drones. The patent's inventor, Shinji Obana, has been responsible for several Canon patents involving moving components that require continuous electronic information flow. So a little bit of interesting information there. It looks like Canon might be looking to get somewhat into the drone market. Next up, Canon applies for a 135mm F2 patent. It was published only today, but Canon submitted its 135mm F2 lens design back in September 2020. Four versions are shown, ranging from 11 elements to 14 elements. The design appears to sport pretty good image quality, going by the theoretical calculated, quote, seagrass graphs that appear in Japanese lens design patents. A trip back to Canon's most recent 135 F2 patent from 2018 shows that these new ones compare favorably. Tip to Lens Geeks, Bill Claff's photo, uh, photons2photos.net site incorporates a long list of lenses that he's matched up with their corresponding patents, along with a mesmerizing ray tracing application that shows how light interacts with the patent design elements. Very handy. Canon Rumors RF Lens Roadmap sports an F1.4 version of the 135 Prime, not an F2. Were Canon to produce an F1.4 model, it would run up the excellent Sony and Sigma F1.8 lenses of that focal length. Sigma dallied with a super long F1.4 design with its 105 Art Prime, a lens that caused some portraits to start uh, portraits uh, portraiture photographers to start using a tripod. Canon's designs are typically lighter than those of Sigma, but it's hard to imagine a 135 F1.4 that weighs less than 3.5 pounds. The new 135 F2 design looks to be sized similarly to the old EF mount model, which would make sense. I mean, it would seem to me like the easiest thing for them to do would be maybe use some new elements in the design. But other than that, they can just change the mount 
bayonet on the back of the EF-135 F2 and produce an RF-135 F2. Sounds like that would be pretty easy. Next up, Canon Australia halting sales of the Canon EOS R5C. In an email sent to us, we received an email that Canon Australia has sent out stating that Canon Inc. has asked them to halt sales of the Canon EOS R5C. The email alludes that this is happening because of some issues with the camera. They mention in the email, quote, I'd like to reassure you that there are no health and safety issues with the camera. However, we want to ensure that the product is of the highest standard from a quality perspective, end quote. We are not aware of any current issues with the R5C, but it could be something that Canon has caught during the initial manufacturing run of the camera, and perhaps some serious manufacturing defect was discovered. Alternatively, this could be simply an email suspending sales because of supply chain issues, but Canon would normally state this in the email because that actually shows there is a positive demand for the camera. The R5C was due to start shipping in April, and this will most likely delay the camera. On Canon Japan, they are identifying that the R5C has about a six-month waiting period, but that could be them just signaling the back order and supply chain woes, not any manufacturing problems. We haven't heard of anything else, but we hope to have some clarity on this subject in the near future. So an interesting one there. I don't know why they would send out an email talk, uh, letting people know that, oh, no, it shouldn't be a, a hazard to your health and well-being or anything like that. It's kind of an odd email to send out about a camera, at least in my opinion. And last up from Canon Rumors this week, Canon releases firmware updates for the R5 and the R6. As promised, Canon has released new firmware for both the R5 and the R6 cameras. The firmware updates appear to improve autofocus in certain situations. For the Canon EOS R5, firmware version 1.5.2 incorporates the following enhancement. One, optimizes autofocus accuracy when extender RF 1.4 or 2 times is attached to the RF 800 5.6L ISUSM or the RF 1200mm F8L ISUSM lenses. Two, enhances the stability of eye detection. Three, enhances autofocus tracking when shooting moving subjects. For the Canon EOS R6, firmware update 1.5.2 incorporates the following enhancements. Enhances the stability of eye detection. Two, enhances autofocus tracking when shooting moving subjects. And you can download these firmware updates at their corresponding links, which you can find in the show notes for this episode. And now we'll head on over to Nikon Rumors. Next up, two new Nikon cameras registered online. Nikon has registered several new products online, including two new cameras, the N2120 digital camera and the N2121 digital camera with Wi-Fi, IEEE 802.11b, G, N, and AC, as well as Bluetooth. The N2123, a new memory card, Nikon already had XQD branded memory cards in the past, so my guess is we will now see a new Nikon CF Express memory card. Uh, this information comes from Digicam Info. Next up, more potentially discontinued Nikkor F-mount lenses. 
Nikon USA usually doesn't remove discontinued lenses from their website, but sometime in the last two weeks, they must have removed the following five lenses. Number 1987, the Nikkor 60 mm f2.8 AF macro. Number 1928, the Nikkor 70 to 300 f4 to 5.6 AFG. 2191, Nikkor 28 to 300 mm f3.5 to 5.6 AFS GVR. 2005, Nikkor 16 to 80 f2.8 to f4 AFS DXEVR. And 2177, the Nikkor 60 mm f2.8 AFS macro. At some point before that, they must have also removed 20050, the Nikkor 55 to 200 F4 to 56 AFS VR Mark II. The 55 to 200 and the 16 to 80 are still available at BH as gray market imports. So officially, there are now 99 F mount SKUs on the Nikon USA list, but 18 of those are most likely also discontinued in the US. Of the remaining 81, 36 are already discontinued in Japan. Nikon has been consistently discontinuing Nikkor F mount lenses in the last few years. So it's interesting and not all that surprising to see more of Nikon's F-mount glass disappearing as we move forward with the world of mirrorless cameras and lenses. So that seems to be a logical step for Nikon, in my opinion, and it's one that Canon is duplicating. Next up, random Nikon rumors from around the web. Nikon Z70, Z4, Z52, Z63, and Z73. As you can see from the title, the internet is full of rumors for every possible or imaginable Nikon camera. Most of the specs are probably made up. The source, as usual, are clickbait websites that have never reported anything reliable in the past. Here is a recap. The Nikon Z4, full-frame mirrorless camera without an EVF, just like the Sony a7C. This rumor is based on an old Nikon patent that shows a drawing of a camera without an EVF. The patent design in question, number 1599291, was for the actual camera mount and not for the camera itself. Here is the info I received recently from a new source. The Z4 camera is going to be smaller than the Z5 with dimensions of 63 by 129 millimeters by 96 millimeters and a weight of 565 grams. The Z4 is rumored to come without an in-body image stabilization in order to cut on weight and price. Two new compact FX lenses with VR are supposed to be announced with the Z4, the 16-24 f4-6.3 VR and the 24-105 f4-7.1 VR. The Nikon Z4 is designed to be more like an FX format eye camera, totally different UI and design, small and light, think Z50 but with an FX format sensor, very well connected apps and more. Uh, Nikon rumors take, remember that Nikon's new strategy is to concentrate on high-end equipment, so we can basically forget any new entry-level products. They will be replaced by smartphones. There are just not enough profit margins for Nikon to stay in the low-priced entry-level camera market. I see no space for another Z4 product line. The Z5 is sufficient, in my opinion, to cover the market segment below the Z6 and 7. Next up, the Nikon Z52 and Z6 and 7.3. Obviously, those models will be announced sooner or later. I think the main concentration for Nikon this year is the long wait list for the Z9 cameras. Nikon simply does not have the production capacity to announce another new camera. 
Nikon rumors take, you can no longer use the previous Nikon release schedule as an indication to predict future product announcements, as some websites suggest. We may see a new camera announcement towards the end of the year when all Z9 orders have been fulfilled. The next story in this is the Nikon Z70, again, another guess with a set of made-up specs. New DX format, BSI stacked CMOS sensor, XSpeed 7 image processor, AI-based subject detecting and tracking, image stabilization, uh, image stabilization, yes, sensor shift, 5-axis, UHD 4K video recording, 2.36 million dot OLED electronic viewfinder, 11 frames with a mechanical shutter, 20 frames with an electronic shutter. Nikon rumors take, I think there is a very small chance for a new high-end APS-C camera, but I seriously doubt it will happen given the latest developments in the industry. Fujifilm got a big chunk of the APS-C market, and even Sony appears to be pulling completely out of it. The Nikon F. FTZ3. Nikon has reportedly engineered a new FTZ3 adapter with full D-type F-mount support using stepper motors to enable full AF on D-type F-mount lenses. Nikon rumors take, if there was a new FTZ3 adapter, Nikon was going to announce it together with the Z9. What's the point to release it later when we will have plenty of Z-mount lenses? Again, I have no reason to believe any of these reports are correct. If anything changes in the future, I will definitely post it online. So definitely some wild and crazy rumors about new Nikon cameras coming out. As the owner of Nikon rumors stated, highly unlikely. And in some of the segments of the market, Nikon's just not going to bother because they're too far behind. They just can't be profitable in those particular segments like the entry-level full-frame market. Next up, Nikon D870 firmware update version 1.03 has been released. Nikon continues to release firmware updates for older cameras. Today, we have a new firmware version 1.03 for the Nikon D780 DSLR camera, which is out of stock at most retailers, Adorama, Amazon, and B&H. Now, here are the changes. Fixed an issue that resulted in live view being over underexposed when the exposure was in fact correctly adjusted. This would occur during live view when a non-CPU lens was mounted on the camera with unselected for custom setting D9 exposure preview LV. The mode dial rotated to M manual and aperture adjusted so that the expo uh, exposure indicator showed optimal exposure at values other than F56. The Firmware update can be downloaded at the accompanying link, which you can find in this article in the show notes for today's episode. Next up, released DxO Pure Raw 2, Luminar Neo 1.0.2, On One Resize AI, and Sharpen AI 4.0.2. DxO released Pure Raw 2, the new version, allows users to pre-process images without leaving Lightroom. Offers significant speed improvements, added Fujifilm X-Trans, 40 new camera support, 5,800 new modules, improved OS integration, and more. Skylum, located in the Ukraine, released Luminar Neo 1.0.2. Some of the new improvements are copy and paste edits functionality, image 3D transform, PNG format support, increased frame per second rate while using the drag slider on any of the effects, and more. You can try coupon code Nikon Rumors for a discount. On One Resize AI, 
Anwan announced a new resize AI product, a new photo enlargement software that uses AI to create sharper images, which will be coming in April. Topaz Labs Sharpen AI 4.0.2 was released uh, with native Apple M1 support, a new sharpening model, and performance improvements. Sharpen AI is now $20 off. Use coupon code RUMORS15 for an extra 15% off. And all of this comes from Photo Rumors. Next up, Nikon is North Korea's favorite camera in 2021. Nikon is the most used camera in North Korea in 2021, according to this article published on a media outlet specializing in North Korean topics. Nikon is the most used camera by the state news agency KCNA. Although the article is paywalled, there are two tweets published by NK News. Quote, North Korea's favorite camera appears to be the 2014 Nikon D750, which was used to shoot 656 KCNA images last year, according to EXIF data. The top five cameras used by KCNA are all Nikon DSLRs, responsible for 2,066 of the 2,504 shots from 2021, writes Angel Garcia. So it is interesting that the Hermit Kingdom seems to enjoy using Nikon cameras. Interesting how they hate us so much, but they love to use our products and products from Japan. It's so interesting because if you remember, Kim Jong-il was always anti-U.S., but he loved to wear American-made clothes himself. (laughs) So it's kind of a bizarre thing. And no, I'm not trying to get political. I just thought it was interesting to see that the most popular cameras in North Korea are Nikons. And last up for Nikon rumors, free online event, Nikon Z9 Focus Tour, Thursday, March 24th. The Creative Photo Academy is offering a free online event, the Nikon Z9 Focus Tour, on Thursday, March 24th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. According, uh, exploring the focus features of the Nikon Z9, join Paul Van Allen here at Paul's Photo and Creative Photo Academy for this exclusive one-night-only virtual event. Spend an incredible night exploring the new focus settings and functions on the Nikon Z9. Paul, a Nikon technical rep, will lead us on our tour of the Z9's multitudes of focus capabilities. Come and find out how to configure your focus, explore what you can do, and exactly how you can do it. Come learn everything you can do at this virtual event, which is absolutely free. So that is totally cool. Nothing wrong with helping new owners of the Z9 get their autofocus configured the way they want it, show them how to do new things with it. Hey, I'm all for that. All right, I'm going to take a brief break right here, and I will be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. And now let's head on and over to Fuji Rumors and see what Patrick has for us for this week. 
First up, first Fujifilm X-T4 Silver Kits no longer available at some stores. The Fujifilm X-T4 in silver and combined with the XF18-55 is no longer available at Adorama. You can still find this combo at B&H Photo and Amazon US. So what is going on? Well, maybe it is about to suffer the same fate as the silver Fujifilm X-T3, which no longer is no longer produced. And to be clear, this does not mean that Fujifilm is discontinuing the Fujifilm X-T4 and that a Fujifilm X-T5 is coming in May at the Fujifilm X-Summit. I mean, I don't know if it's coming in May. So far, I only hear of the Fujifilm X-H2 coming in May. So don't panic. The Fujifilm X-T4 is still being manufactured, but if you prefer the silver version, maybe it might be a good thing to buy it sooner rather than later. I expect the first silver kit versions to slowly run out of stock and being discontinued in the next few weeks over several stores. A move that aligns Fujifilm with other brands who in most cases don't offer color variations in their mid and higher end camera range anyways. You can order the Fujifilm X-T4, B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, the Fujifilm X-T3 WW, which is the one without the charger, at the same three retailers. The Fujifilm X-T3 Silver at Amazon US, there are a few samples left. Adorama with Lens Bundle and B&H Photo, it has been totally discontinued and no longer available on B&H Photo's site. Next, Voigtlander Nocton 23mm f1.2x officially announced. This lens has been officially announced and will start shipping in April. You can pre-order the 23mm f1.2x of B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama, along with the 35mm f1.2x. So two of these lenses will be available now. The Nocton 23mm f1.2 spherical X mount is a large diameter quasi-wide-angle lens design exclusively for the Fujifilm X mount and has an angle of view equivalent to 35mm in full-frame equivalent. The lens configuration uses the latest optical system that uses one double-sided spherical lens and two anomalous partially dispersed glasses out of the 10 elements in six groups. Despite its compact size, it has excellent descriptive power with excellent resolution even when the aperture is wide open, and a large blur can be obtained due to the large aperture of f1.2. Its main features, designed exclusively for the Fujifilm X-mount, an optical system optimized for the image sensor of the Fujifilm X-system camera is installed. High resolution is maintained up to the periphery of the image without depending on the optical correction function of the camera, and a phenomenon such as color cast are suppressed. Information communication with the body by electronic contacts, equipped in electronic contacts to realize highly reliable telecommunications between the lens and the body. By combining a body that supports telecommunications and the latest firmware, in addition to EXIF information, focus check and shooting distance, interlocking display, certain models also support in-body image stabilization and parallax correction. Manual focus for reliable focus operation. By adopting an all-metal helicoid unit processed and adjusted with high precision and high-quality grease that produces appropriate torque, focusing with a smooth operation feeling is realized. It enables the fine focus adjustments. Beautiful bokeh with 12 diaphragm blades. A 12-blade diaphragm is used to make the holes formed by the diaphragm blades closer to a circle. 
The out-of-focus part is a natural depiction, and the point light source is not a polygon, but a round and soft bokeh. Aperture ring for direct mechanical connection. As with the Voigtlander VM mount and mirrorless mount lenses, the aperture ring uses a mechanism in which the aperture ring is directly connected to the opening and closing of the aperture blades. With a one-third step click, you can enjoy the feeling of operating the mechanism directly. Shortest shooting distance of 0.18 meters. Uh, due to the full lens group extension method, the close-up shooting effect provides a larger amount of bokeh than when shooting a distant view, expanding the possibilities of shooting that makes the most of the bokeh at the full aperture. So that is definitely one interesting sounding lens, and I'm sure there will be a lot of Fuji X shooters that will be jumping on that one. Um, I more than likely will not. I do want to get a 23mm, which is 35mm full-frame equivalent for my street photography, but I'm probably going to go with either the Fuji one that's weather-sealed in F2 or possibly the Viltrox, which is an F1.4. Both of them are excellent lenses. It's just a matter of whether I feel I absolutely need weather sealing, which for me, I kind of do. I like to shoot in bad weather. That's just me, maybe. Next up, DxO Pure Raw 2 announced with support for Fujifilm X-Tran files. DxO Pure Raw has now been announced, and among others, it adds support for the Fujifilm X-Trans files. What's new in DxO Pure Raw 2? Raw processing, demosaicing, and denoising like you've never seen before. Four times faster on the Apple Silicon Mac, up to 1.5 times faster on the best Windows computers. DxO Pure Raw 2 now supports Fujifilm X-Trans files. You can choose from three integrations and enjoy a process that is free of sliders and complex adjustments. Uh, high DPI support, 8,000 new optics modules. For all the details, check out the dedicated DxO PureWall 2 page at the link in this article. In the show notes, you can get all the details for yourself. Next is Fujifilm Nordic teasing a Fujifilm GFX with a stacked sensor. Fujifilm Nordic has released a new webinar. Contrary to what we are used, uh, we were used so far, this time they also included non-Fujifilm X photographers to the talk, meaning photographers that are not part of the official X photographers program, but who simply started using X or GFX gear, even though they have no relationship with Fujifilm Corporation. The first not official ex-GFX photographer to be part of the Fujifilm Nordic webinar series is called Soren Solkar. Uh, he went digital and uh, he's been digital since 2002. He instantly started shooting with the full frame digital, but in his analog times, he shot medium format. About one year ago, his post-production guy told him, sir, we have to talk. There is a new camera in town. Soren was very skeptical. He didn't want to change his camera as he was so used to his full-frame gear. His post-production partner told him there are now uh, there are files now that are way better than his full-frame camera. In some of his exhibitions, he prints two by three meters big, and squeezing that out of full-frame can be done, but having a bigger file is a huge advantage. His post-production partner told him the files of GFX are bigger, and the quality is absolutely amazing. Despite being very reluctant, he tried out the GFX system and he saw that his post-production partner was absolutely right. He did not start with the 50 megapixel GFX, uh, but he started right out with the 100 megapixel GFX 100S. 
On top of the resolution, there were many other things that hugely impressed him of the Fujifilm X or GFX 100S. He needed to get used to the menu, the buttons, and etc. In the past 25 years, he mainly took portraits of celebrities. The interviewer asks about the speed of the 100S, and he says that he shoots full manual control except for autofocus. And after a bit of time getting used to it, he now gets 100 out of 100 perfectly exposed and focused images. And some other uh, uh, in some other of his projects, the file size itself is not necessarily at all, and the in and though in those cases he still uses his full frame gear. Lately, for projects, he photographed bird formations flying in the sky at a fairly low light. He shoots at one five hundredth of a second in wide aperture, so he only has the ISO left to adjust. And the higher he goes with ISO. What he has gained is in resolution with the GFX 100S is lost in noise at very high ISO. Another issue, GFX 100S shoots at five frames continuous AF. For birds, the more F, uh, frames per second you can get, the higher the chance you nail the right moment. And here comes Soren's questions. Will there be any improvements down the line in terms of sensitivity and also buffer? Here is what Fujifilm Nordic answers. There are some secrets Fujifilm Nordic cannot reveal, but what they can say is that in May, there will be an X-Summit with an announcement where we will see a new sensor and also new processing technology. There will definitely be a speed improvement on the APS-C X system, so why shouldn't those improvements drop down also to the GFX system? Actually, the whole GFX system started this way, first five years with X-System, then Fuji started with the GFX system and pulled the technical stuff of the GFX system into the X-System. Without telling every secret, GFX system will get faster and faster with new hardware, speed will increase on the GFX platform. Fujifilm Nordic can't tell when, but they are confident it will go into that direction of more speed. One day, Soren will get a medium format camera that can burst quite a lot more than the current GFX system. Quote, we are working on it, definitely. I guess it is safe to assume that Fujifilm Nordic is referring to the stacked APS-C sensor to be announced in May 2022, as Fujifilm officially teased here, and hence hint to the possibility that stacked technology could find also its way into future GFX bodies. Just to be clear, so far, in terms of rumors, I have no hints about any stacked sensor GFX camera that will be coming. Of course, this doesn't mean it won't come true. I just say that at the time of this article, I have absolutely no information about it. The summary above is just an extract of Soren's part of the talk with Fujifilm Nordic, but actually the whole two-hour talk with the official Fujifilm X photographer is well worth a listen. So make sure you check it out down below. There's GFX gear. Buy within April 3rd and submit your claim by May 3rd. You can get the GF 30 millimeter F35, save 200 or $300, excuse me. The GF 50 millimeter F35, save 200. The GF 63 F2.8, save 300. The 32 to 64 save, uh, F4, save 500. And the GFX 50R, save 1500. Instant rebate, no cash back. And you can find all of these sales at BH Photo Adorama Amazon US and on the GFX 50R at Moment as well. And last up from Fujifilm Rumors, uh, breaking Fujifilm X-H2 coming with new 26 megapixel sensor. 
When we told you about the Fujifilm X-H2 coming with a 26-megapixel sensor, most of us speculated that it would be the current 26-megapixel X-Trans 4 sensor. But used in combination with the new processor, it would perform better. I get it. I also thought this could be an option, especially considering that Fujifilm did the exact same thing with the Fujifilm GFX 50S2. Use the old sensor, but a new processor to improve performance. But if you read again the article I wrote last year in regards to this rumor, I literally also wrote, quote, it would be very atypical for Fujifilm to launch in one year, 2022, two completely new higher-end APS-C sensors. But just because Fujifilm never did it before, it does not mean it can't happen with the Fujifilm X-H2, end quote. And according to our sources, this is exactly what is going to happen. In fact, I've been told that the 26-megapixel sensor on the Fujifilm X-H2 will be a brand new sensor. And remember, there will also be a 40-megapixel Fujifilm X-H2, and that one is obviously new as well. I have no doubts my sources are 100% accurate, and you should not doubt them either. Just stay tuned on Fuji Rumors to know more details in the near future. It's going to get very wild with rumors now. <laughs> and I can imagine, and that'd be absolutely cool if both the 26 and the 40 megapixel sensors are brand spanking new sensor designs. That would be awesome for those of you that have been waiting for the new X-H2. And now let's head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors to wrap things up for today. First up, confirmed Sony will announce a new 16-35 f4 FE lens on March 22nd. According to my sources, Sony will announce the new 16-35 f4 FE lens on March 22. Here are my quick thoughts on this lens and some teaser about what's coming next. And be sure to like the YouTube channel. So you can watch that, his uh, thoughts on that on his official YouTube channel. Next, Sony 70-200 f2.8 GM2 finally back in stock at B&H Photo. You can order one for $2,798. After many months, the lens is finally back in stock at B&H Photo. Remember, you can use our checkout code RUMOR to get an additional 15% on all Topaz Labs products at their website. So that's pretty cool. Save on Topaz Labs. And if you've been waiting for the 70-200 GM2, you can now get one. But I'd suggest you hurry before they run out of stock again. Next, Ted Forbes, three essential Sony Prime lenses. Over the last few years, Sony has expanded their lens portfolio to include some of the best top-of-the-line Prime lenses on the market. G-Master lenses usually share common characteristics such as XA or extreme spherical lens elements. XD, linear motor autofocus, physical aperture rings, custom function buttons, as well as other features. In this video, I want to share with you some of my recommendations with the three wide-angle G-Master Prime lenses. This is from Ted Forbes' official YouTube channel. Spoiler alert, the three lenses are the Sony FE24 F1.4 G Master, the FE 14mm F1.8 G Master, and the FE35 1.4 G Master, all of which can be ordered at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. So you can check it out and get any one of those lenses at those retailers. Next, Dustin Abbott's Budget Sony Full Frame Buying Guide. Photographer Dustin Abbott shares a buying guide for those interested in Sony full-frame mirrorless, but with an eye to budget. 
He covers the different camera options, zooms versus primes, and what lenses are worth considering for each brand. So if you want, you can check out that video. You can find it in the show notes for today's episode. Next, rumor, new Sony 16-35 F4 FE has a power zoom and is very compact. According to my sources, Sony will announce the new 16-35 lens on March 22nd. I got some additional info about this lens. The lens has a power zoom, which makes it ideal for filmmakers. The lens is very compact compared to the Zeiss 16-35 F4 FE lens. And I also told you yesterday, Sony also registered the new 24-70 F2.8 GM2 lens, but I am not sure if this lens will be announced on March 22nd as well. It may be announced in April or May. Ah, so interesting to see that this new lens is expected to be announced on Tuesday of this coming week. Next, new Sony A7 IV leather case from Limbs Design. You can buy one of the cases on eBay at the accompanying link in this article in the show notes. And there are some beautiful images of this leather case. It does look absolutely gorgeous. Sony Alpha Cameras, The Good and the Bad by DP Review TV. We're huge fans of Sony cameras, but there are a few things we'd like to see changed. In this episode, we look at what Sony is doing right and a few areas for improvement. And you can watch this video on the DP Review TV official YouTube channel for yourself with Chris and Jordan. Next, for EU readers, 50 euro off on the Tamron 18 to 300 millimeter E at Amazon France. If you need this lens, you can save 50 euro if you buy it now on Amazon France, ships to all of the EU. Reminder, Sony Europe started a ton of new deals that you can find on the following pages. In Germany, at Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Photo Earnhardt DE. In the UK, at Wex UK and Park Cameras. In the Netherlands, at Calumet NL. So you can check all that out for yourself. Next, leak image in the new Sony 16-35 F4 FE PZ lens. Here are the first images of this new lens that will be announced on Tuesday, March 22nd. It has exactly the same specs as I told you. The code is SELP1635G. It's a power zoom. Price is a uh, price at around 1,299 pounds. So it'll be a little bit more in the U.S., of course. And this is all coming from Digicam Info. Next, Joe Robinson has a spider living inside the Sony A7R III. No joke. Joe Robinson found a spider nesting inside the Sony A7R III EVF. The full story has been posted over at Petapixel. Quote, for now, Robinson is just living with his new spider friend and waiting to see if it will find itself a new home soon. He is planning to send the camera in for, quote, repair if the spider ends up dying inside. And yes, Robinson is still using the camera in the meantime. Quote, I've used the camera a few times over the last week, he says. It's been a fairly entertaining procurement, uh, predicament to be in, I apologize. Quote, I'm not afraid of spiders, though it is a bit unsettling to put my eye directly up to it. And most of the replies I've had ranged from complete panic to suggesting I light the camera on fire, throw it off a cliff, or a combination of the two. Personally, I'm waiting for a certain superhero franchise to write a letter and welcome me into the multiverse. <laughs> I don't think you'll get that letter anytime soon, Joel. Sorry, buddy. 
And last from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, Sony 16 to 35 F4 FE has high distortion at 16 millimeters, but is a very compact lens. A reliable source told me that he is testing the 16 to 35 F4 lens that will be announced on Tuesday, March 22nd. The lens shows quite some distortion when used wide open, but he can live with that because the lens is very compact and otherwise delivers very good optical quality. He also doesn't know yet when the 24-70 f2.8 GM2 will be announced, but it should be coming very, very soon. And that's all the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 234 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. I also wanted to give a plug to the good folks, especially Tony at Southeastern Camera in Raleigh. I went to that store, which is the sister store to the one that's a little bit closer to me that I traded all my RF gear to get X series gear. Uh, This is the main store, much bigger. They had a lot more selection. I traded in my Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera that I bought last year and never used for my YouTube channel and uh, some leftover Canon speed lights that I forgot I had and a few other items. And I was able to walk away with two new Fuji X series lenses. Uh, the 27 f 2.8 and which is weather sealed and the xc 50 to 230 which now i finally got a good zoom lens now the xc lenses are uh, a lower end lens that are mostly plastic construction but this particular lens is extremely sharp and has great color rendition and everything no issues at all so i'm perfectly happy with that I may someday get the 150 or the 50 to 142.8, which is the 24 to 70 millimeter equivalent, um, or the 100 to 400, but I'm not sure yet. Uh, the big issue with those lenses, they're a little more expensive. They're not super expensive, especially if I get them from those good folks, uh, uh, get used versions, which they always have in stock, it seems. Um, but the lenses are much bigger and much heavier than the zoom that I have now, which could cause problems with my arm issues. So I'm thinking I might just stick with the 50 to 230, even though it's not one of the XF lenses and it's not weather sealed. It's still a good zoom lens. And to be honest, I don't use my zoom 
long zoom telephoto a lot. So I'm probably better off sticking with the less expensive and more compact and lightweight 50 to 230 that I just got. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode, everybody. I will see you all again on Thursday.